right, welcome back to a very buoyant edition of Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360 podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this is our last show this week. Well, actually, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight. Huh? And yeah, we're doing Blue Jays talk tonight. And then we'll be back on uh, Monday. What do you think the first thing out of your mouth on Blue Jays talk is going to be? Huh? With who's throwing? Oh. The first thing out of my mouth on Blue Jays talk. It'll probably be, stop me if you've heard this before. <laughs> or something to do with lighting a candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've had, kudos to folks, by the way, who've resurrected the lighting the candle thing oh. on, on social media. Alan Davenport and a couple other people, they've reached back into their Twitter memory banks to, who was the guy that we always said light a candle for? I mean, we've had some candle lighters that, on, on this team before, some starting pitchers where we've told people to, you know, go to, Go down to St. Whatever and, and light a candle for the for, for the team because so-and-so was on the mound. R.A. Dickey, I think, was one. Maybe R.A. Dickey, yeah. That could have been it. I think that that's when it, it started. Yeah, you say Kikuchi's in that category. I maybe be, It might have been the, the guy trying to catch R.A. Dickey. Aaron Sebia? Well, I, I don't think I was quite here with you when he was catching, but it was not the easiest thing. No, it's, it's not the easiest thing. Gotcha. Anyhow, uh, you know what is easy? This trivia question I have. To, uh, <laughs> so easy that Barker got, got it before it. anybody else. else. You are off the Christmas so easy card that, list. So easy that Barker got the trivia question well ahead of everybody else, which was really disappointing to me as the chapter president of the Tampa Bay you Rays are. Southern Ontario fan club. Uh, I was very disappointing that I was not able to come up with this. I got it like... You did. I outthought myself. I outthought ever. myself. I, I outthought myself. Uh, this is for a pair of tickets to see the Rays and Jays on July 3rd at the Rogers Center. Uh, we've been giving you the chance all season long to win Blue Jays tickets, whether you listen on the radio or on the podcast. All you have to do is te- text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question of 590-590. And uh, yesterday we asked you what player was selected number one overall by the Rays in the 1999 MLB draft. Hint, he became a star with the Texas Rangers. The answer was Josh Hamilton. Um, and and uh, I, was, I was surprised early. Again, we can go on the text line. I can tell when people respond. Some of the early answers, shout out to the guy who said Jorge Cantu. Because I'd not, I I wouldn't have pulled up Jorge Cantu's name out of out of out of it. But anyhow, uh, shout out to that 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 guy. Although the answer is ja- Josh Hamilton, which I got. Barker didn't get. Now today's question, God's honest truth. Barker got this like that. Tell him why I got it. Well, because you were doing research for the show. How about that? Which Try would that indicate which would indicate that this person is probably still pitching in the majors. There you go. And, and would be a nice fit. A nice for fit the on the Blue Jays. Jays. Okay. How's that? Anyhow, so today's trivia question is, which Tampa Bay pitcher led Major League Baseball in saves in 2017? Again, for a pair of tickets to see the Jays and the Rays on July 3rd, which Tampa Bay pitcher led MLB in saves in 2017? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. I was not even close in this. Hmm. I was not even close. Mm. You're not as good as me, Jeff. Deal with it. Well, th- this is particularly disappointing because I said <laughs> I do consider myself the master of Ray's esoterica, but I would not have come up. I would not have come up with this one 
I could have guessed and guessed and guessed, and I would have. I mean, I would have come up with Billy Koch before this. How about that? I would have. I have a great story with him. I know you do. But I won't not, tell we're it. Not, we're not going to tell it in the air. Let's bring Dan Schulman <laughs> on. He's our uh, voice of the Blue Jays on Sportsnet. He might even have a Billy Koch story. I don't oh, know. Oh, everybody does. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well. First of all, uh, give us the update in Buck. You uh, you uh, made uh, made all of our days on social media yesterday by retweeting that picture of Buck ringing the bell after his treatment at uh, at uh, a, a, a cancer center. And I, and I have to say, yeah, I, Buck looked like Buck to me. He did. Yeah. He looked like Buck to great me. News. So what's the update on Buck? So the update is we talked about it on the broadcast last night as well. So he went through, he's finished treatment. It was a, an eight-week treatment program, and uh, now it's two to three weeks of uh, rest, recovery, rehabilitation to see how he feels. So I guess the tail end of treatment and then even this couple of weeks now can be the toughest part. But um, if he feels good in two or three weeks, then we're very hopeful that he'll be back at some point after the all-star break. You know, nothing is etched in stone and I can't put a date on it mm-hmm. for you. And again, it depends how he feels, but he's a tough guy. And if he is feeling up to it, he'll be back at some point in the second half. Wow. That's really good. News. That's great. News. That yeah. is, uh, that that's, that's terrific news. And, uh, you know, if you're talking to Buck in the next couple of days, as I'm sure you will be, as a matter of fact, I'm sure he's got the, inf- I'm sure he's sending you some information right <laughs> now as we speak about how he would pitch the Rays. Uh, please, please uh, extend our uh, uh, extend our best wishes I will. and tell I him will, that sure. uh, get his butt back here as soon as possible. Not that there's an issue with the with the show in his absence, but it's always nice to have Buck around because you need sure. more. God knows you need more catchers. You need, more, need catchers more catchers in the house. Yes, yeah, we've only got three uh, yep. in the family right now. So, uh, yeah, we need more. Where's Darren Fletcher when you need him? I mean, what's he doing? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. Okay, Dan, yeah. right, let's, let's get right to it. Could this be Yusei Kikuchi's last start in 2022? Give the guy an easy question. Right to it. Jeez. Wow. Um, I don't think it could be his last start, but I, uh, I mean, I guess anything is possible. But if this one goes as poorly as the last couple have gone, I think it could be his last start for a while. You, you know, the, the, there are two issues that I'm sure you guys have talked about a thousand times is if not him, then who? And what do you do with him? And those are two important questions. So, uh, I mean, if this one again goes as badly as the last few have, I don't think you have anything to lose by trying Max Castillo. I, I just don't. Uh, you also want to see how Thomas Hatch does on Saturday if he is indeed the Saturday guy. Um, you know, it's worth giving somebody else a chance if Kikuchi can't figure it out. Um, but then what do you do with Kikuchi? I mean, the, it's phantom IL or bullpen. He doesn't feel to me, Kevin, like a figure it out in the bullpen kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And and maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe he would. Maybe, I don't know. But he sure doesn't feel like a figure it out in the bullpen kind of guy. He looks like he's lacking confidence out there, which we've all talked about. We've all talked about the fastball usage and the fastball command, and he's just he just feels lost right now. He really does, and and these games matter, and, and they invested $36 million in him. I'm sure they want to give him every chance um, that uh, they can for him to work it out, but you can't just keep giving games away. So I, I think this is a big one for him. Dan, I don't know how you feel, but he just seems to me like sort of like Jose Barrios. Those two guys, for me, seem to need a veteran presence behind the plate, like sort of that – you know, that, that presence of, yeah, I know what I'm calling, but I'm calling it for a reason. Just throw it. They, they sort of need that guy. Right. Am I on to some or am I, am I overthinking it? 
So, no, I, I think there may be something to that. And I will say that, you know, you know, sometimes we're not privy to all of that information. So and, and I'm with you that Danny Jansen, in my mind, brings intangibles, things that you can't measure uh, sometimes in terms of uh, handling the pitching staff. You know, something like a catcher's ERA is a really dicey statistic, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes to mm-hmm. put too much emphasis on. But like to your point, if if Jansen puts down fastball and Kikuchi says no, and Jansen puts it down again, and Kikuchi says no. Is Jansen going to go out to the mound and say, "Throw your fastball here"? Mm-hmm. Is he going to do that more than Kirk or Moreno are? Probably. Is he going to do it ten, fifteen times a game, or is Kikuchi ever just going to say, "Fine, whatever he wants me to throw, I'm going to throw"? I don't know that. That sometimes we're not, you know, we're not privy to everything, right? And, and but I think Danny is definitely going to be more forceful in terms of trying to get Kikuchi to throw certain stuff. And I know a lot has been made about the fastball usage. I actually just looked it up like half an hour ago. In April, when he was not good, he threw 46% fastballs. In May, when he was good, he threw 60%. In June, when he was not good, he threw 47 Now, I'm not saying it's that easy because he couldn't locate his fastball to save his life in Milwaukee. Like what he almost did to Andrew McCutcheon was frightening. Hit his bat behind his head mm-hmm. with a fastball. But – to me, with him more than most, it's fastball command. They got to find a way to get him to throw his fastball uh, in the zone. It's not enough fastballs in the zone. It's too many sliders in the zone. And I think the uh, the hitters are almost laying off the fastball because they know he can't locate it. But I I think Danny Jansen would help when he made those five good starts in May. I went back and looked. Two of them, the first two were Tyler Heineman behind the plate, right? And the next three were were uh, Danny Jansen. Um, uh, I don't know much, but if he's in the rotation still when Jansen comes back, I bet you Jansen gets the, the start. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, the uh, the Red Sox have left town. The Jays are 7-3 and three against them. Uh, Kevin Kevin Gossman with three brilliant games for the Jays. We, we know that the, I mean, the Yankees are in a different planet right now in the rest of the league. How in, interested are you in seeing what happens in these five games against Tampa and then being able to sit back and say, and, and I guess more to the point, do you think Ross Atkins will take this approach after five games against Tampa, sit back for a minute and say, okay, we're 7-3 and three against Boston, where, I mean, I don't know, let's say the five games against Tampa, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They win three, Tampa wins two. That'll mean that they're 4-4 four and four against Tampa. Will, will the Jays feel, will the Jays and Ross Atkins, do you think, feel that, okay, we're, you know, we're kind of, we're where we need to be in terms of the pecking order here? I don't know. It's still too close. I mean, even if you're two or three games ahead of both of them and three or four games ahead of Cleveland, that's still pretty close with half a season to go. So um, I believe, and you know, you were there yesterday, Jeff, for Ross Atkins press conference. Ross is not going, nor should he, he is not going to convey urgency or desperation. You can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's showing your cards, but they're, they need bullpen help every bit as much this year as they did last year, and they know that. Like, Ross knows that. Again, you don't, you don't want to announce to the other 29 general managers, we need a reliever by the end of the week. You're putting yourself at a, at a disadvantage when you pick up the phone to try to talk trade. So um, I think no matter what, if they go 1-4 and four or 4-1 four and one or whatever they do against Tampa Bay, I don't think, no matter how well it goes, I don't think they're safe and secure, and no matter how poorly it goes, I don't think they're, you know, hanging, mm-hmm. you know, by their fingernails. They're they're in it, but they're, you know, and I don't know if the White Sox will get back in it or not, but they're one of, say, five teams battling for three spots halfway through the season. And to me, the bullpen is a, 
is a big concern uh, because I don't know how many internal op- – they've tried a lot of internal options, and most of them have not worked out either for health reasons or for performance reasons. I don't know how many others they have. We might see Adrian Hernandez, who's at AAA. We might see Yasra Zulueta, who's at AA, who's a really interesting guy, but he just got to AA. I know he's 24, and so you know he's probably a little bit further along in some ways than your typical just got to AA guy. And he throws really hard, which, you know, would really help. But other than that, like at this point, Pearson and Merriweather are out for weeks, it mm-hmm. appears, at, at the least. They got to go get somebody. And But obviously, it's just proving to be difficult. You know, at this point of the year, other teams are going to ask for uh, – they're going to ask you to overpay. You want, you want David Robertson? Overpay. You want Daniel Bard? Michael Fulmer? Overpay. And, and there's a limit as to how far they'll go, obviously. But I, I'm sure Ross is – a lot busier than on the phone that he let on to us yesterday. Uh, Alec Manoa, 94 and two-thirds innings. Most he's thrown at the big league level. Dan, I know you know this. is 111 two-thirds. You think there's any worry? Because he's one of the big three, if not the number one guy. If they're going to make a little bit of a run in October, he's going to have a big say-so and all of that. But the innings pitched. Look, he's a big man. You know, you're starting to see, too, in the last couple outings, he's had a different approach. It's more heater-heavy put soft contact in play so I can go deeper in games. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a reason for that, right? It's it's easier through the game than the innings pitch. think that's a worry going fur- further here of just body of work. Right. So two things. I thought his fastball was electric, especially early sure in the game yesterday, like electric. I, I'm not sure we've seen that this year. We saw some of that last year where he would just – overpower guys as you said his mo's been a little bit different just as successful more successful Mm -hmm. this year but the mo's been a little bit different but he came out yesterday and said here it is boys and 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 tabby and i talked about it i think his first slider was on his 25th pitch of the game or something like that and we've never seen that before so uh one of the things i want to ask him if i can find him today is was that the game plan did it just feel good warming up because I mean, he came out there and just said, here it is, guys, and and do what you can. Ross was asked, coincidentally, Kevin, yesterday at at his media scrum, he was asked that very question, not by me. I can't remember who asked it about Alec Manoa. And, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll paraphrase a bit here. But but Ross said, um, if that will become an issue, it means things are going very well. And he said the word November, which is – you know, his way of saying the World Series, because mm-hmm. the World Series is going to go into November. So at least the impression I got from Ross Atkins yesterday, Kevin, is they're not concerned about this. And maybe he is an outlier in terms of how they view him because he's such a big dude and such a strong dude. And, and so maybe they're not worried about him. But my it, and, and he, he followed up with one sentence like, you know, maybe we could do something a little here or there like you know, almost like use the all-star break. And, and, and again, I don't want to put words into his mouth because he didn't mm-hmm. say that, but it sounded like it's not really a concern of theirs if he's going to go out there and wind up with 200 innings this year. Yeah, I, uh, I kind of got the impression that I, it's, 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 it's odd because I, I think everybody, everybody, in, including Ross, I mean, they all know what this team needs. And I, I think there's this... It's kind of an odd situation, right? Because we can identify, you know, another starting pitcher, which everybody needs, another le- or a, a left-handed bat, a little more balance, uh, you know, and 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 bullpen arms, and but you, you do have to kind of prioritize it, and it's a matter of what do you get and when do you get it, because at some point you may run out of things to trade, and you don't want to sit there and go, okay, we we kind of we shot our bolt here, 
on the trade market and we got this and we got this, but Jesus, we didn't get this. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell. You know, Shai's made a point that maybe we need to think about a bit more. Shai said, you know, talking about Luis Castillo and all these guys, maybe what they need is another Ross Stripling, just a guy to kind of do what Stripling was doing before he went into the rotation. And maybe that helps Manoa a little bit. You know, yeah. There's, that, there's a thought there. I mean, it, yeah, they, I mean, listen, any anybody who's going to pitch better than some of the guys they have now is, is going to be a help, and you can figure out the roles later. Uh, another another stripling is great, a guy who can pitch three innings one day and then four days later come in in the seventh and mm-hmm. then pitch two innings after. That's great, but uh, to me, that would definitely help. But, but I think the number one need, they need a guy they can put in there with a one-run lead in the eighth inning. Like, yeah. they, they need mean, that guy. Yeah, yeah and... Um, you know what? Cons- uh, so Jimmy Garcia is on the IL, and and to me, none, uh, uh, neither Phelps nor Mesa, generally speaking, are pitching as well as we have seen them pitch, as they were pitching earlier in the season. And these guys have been worked hard. Like back in April, you know, you would say, oh, it's Simber in the sixth, and Phelps in the seventh, and Mesa in the eighth, and Romano in the ninth, and it's game over. And it's not quite as clear cut anymore that that's the case and maybe it's just because Phelps and Mesa have worked as hard as they have um, in, in the first half of the season but they need somebody to get big outs in high leverage spots whether it's the seventh or the eighth or if Romano needs a day in the ninth or something they need a legit back end of the bullpen guy and that's why you know I mentioned names like Robertson and, and mm-hmm. Bard and Fulmer because uh, I think those guys can can be a guy like that it, it's the the, they they need help. They they need they need more. Um, they need more guys down there who can get high leverage out. So yeah, I'd love to get. You'd love to see another guy who can be a multi inning middle relief bridge the gap guy. That that has value too. But I think they've got a better shot of finding that internally than of finding you know, the other kind of reliever that I was talking Dan, about. Dan, let's play GM. GM, this is kind of fun to do. You, you know, it, it sounds that's like... that's all we do in this show. Sort of, maybe a little. <laughs> let, let, let's play that a little bit. It sounds like they don't want to give up any of their catchers, which I, I guess is, you know, a, sort of a big deal. It's the, the catching thing goes revolves around them, kind of, right? So you, they don't sound, sound like they want to give away that. Prospects, we have no idea. It's like, how do they feel about those three top prospects? We, we have no idea. But the big leaguer that's on the team now, you, you mentioned all the things that the Blue Jays need. They'd have to give up, for me anyway, a big leaguer. Put your GM hat on. Who would that be? Playing in what? the big leagues right now, probably they'd have to throw in with maybe a lower-tier prospect to get maybe that high octane guy that can swing and miss stuff in the eighth inning, what big league would they, would they give up? You think? I don't know that they have that many of those guys. Like I've heard people say, well, trade Guriel, trade Tay Oscar. Like those guys are too close to free agency. They're not 22 year old kids anymore. You know? So mm-hmm. I, I don't think those guys, and the only reason I mentioned those guys is because people say to me, well, you could trade those guys to get this guy. And I say, well, that team doesn't want that guy. This guy's 29. He's making $10 million. That's mm-hmm. not who the rebuilding team wants, right? So, um, I mean, I don't know if we're including Moreno or not. But so I, I don't think Moreno is 100% untouchable. I think he's pretty close to untouchable. Um, but if they, and, and I don't think they're going to trade a catcher this season, but if they were to trade one, I actually think it would be Moreno, but I don't Me think too. they're going to trade any of them, but uh, I'll give you a name. And, um, and I know they'd hate to give them up, 
but I think maybe Espinal would be a guy. Like, and and you know, I'm I'm playing by your criteria. Yeah, a, sure. a guy on the a guy on the major league roster right now, they would have to put into a deal in order to get a deal done and get a you know and get something of significance back. Um, you know, again, go around the diamond, and it's easy to eliminate guys, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, so if you start eliminating the easy to eliminate guys, Espinal to me has value because a he's a good player. Um, and B, he doesn't have a lot of service time, so he's not making a lot of money. I mean, if a, if a rebuilding team wanted a guy like Espinal, they could stick him at shortstop for the next four or five years. You yeah. know, that's that's value. So yeah. I, I I I hope they don't trade him. But again, just playing by your rules, sure. I think that would be but, the guy. La, la, last yeah. question before we let you go: that that would say Santiago Espinal, you give him up. Do you think they think highly enough of Kevin Biggio that they're not going to miss enough beat at playoff time? That he would be good enough to play second base and hit eighth, right. eighth or ninth for you? Well, I think they would miss him. Uh, I don't want to trade him. Again, again I'm sure. just playing the marker game. There you right? go. So, but, yeah, um, I think they would miss him because he can do so many things. Um, Cavan, to me, has been really good the last month, really good. He's obviously not the defender that Espinal is. Um, you know, if you put the best of each of those two guys together, that's a heck of a baseball player. It re- it really is. But um, I don't think they're going to trade Espinal. I, I don't think they're going to trade much, if anything, off the major league roster. I'm sure other teams are talking to them about Arelvis Martinez and Ricky Tiedemann and, you, you know, the sure. – uh, the guys we know, right? You know, the, the look at their prospect list, and I'm sure guys say, "Sure, we'll give you this pitcher, but you got to give us Ricky Tiedemann back." And that, you know, or, and that's a big ask. They they traded a fair bit from their farm system over the last couple of years. Their farm system is not as deep. But then you run into this. Okay, but the the contending window is wide open right now. Like how uh, how far do you go? Do you mortgage your future to try to win a World Series in the next few years? And and um, the, these, uh, this is why DMs have stressed that the three of us don't have because <laughs> right. these are tough decisions to make. That's right. Danny, thanks so much for joining Great us, man. Stuff. Really good stuff as always. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Take care. That's Dan Shulman, Blue Jays voice on uh, American, American League is, is so top-heavy with two dominant teams and everybody else. What did everybody else do? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I found it interesting yesterday that uh, – you know, we've talked about Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez, of course, made that base running mistake uh, two nights ago. And it's not the first time. And it was an egregious base running mistake. It's not the first time that Teoscar's made an, an interesting decision on the bases. He didn't start last night. He was in the lineup last night. Now, you know, you do some digging. And, and um, you know, my first reaction is, when that happens, I look at a guy's numbers against the pitcher. Nick Pavetta owns Teoscar. One I'm, for 15. One for 15. Mm-hmm. So I'm going. I was thinking, you know, if I'm Charlie Montoyo, and I'm looking, I got an excuse to not play Teoscar Hernandez if I want based on the numbers. And, of course, with the Blue Jays, you can always say, oh, scheduled day off. What you did. Scheduled maintenance, maintenance day off, mm-hmm. which you also have to think. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's an element of that as well. But part of me wondered when I saw that lineup. And, and like, and... You know, the thing is, I guess the question is, it it doesn't really matter what Jeff Blair or the media or the public think of the reason that Teoscar Hernandez is in the lineup. But I wonder if there weren't some folks in the clubhouse that kind of, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, there, there's been other chance people. To sweep, chance to sweep the Red Sox, and you're not some having other, him in the lineup. Some other people have seen enough kind of thing, right? Yeah. It would be a good time to 
to have their backs a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's be it's interesting. Su- it's surprising that I, he had the day off when it, he did. Could just be a conspiracy theory. Mm. Could be. Could be. Uh, let's play uh, our favorite part of the show before Sergio Romo. It's joined time us. for Barker's backleg bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, "Get up, get out of here!" And the guy's right at the fence, like, "I got this one," you know. The umpires would throw the balls out, like, "Hey, Barker's up! Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones." I just saw Sean Casey in Alaska. Huh? Hey, he's in Alaska for some reason. Vacation? Is it a hunting no, show no, 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 no. It's too, too early. Yeah. Hey, he's he's it's too early doing, doing something. Uh, I didn't know that there was a, I don't know much about seasons for everything, Jeff. We have not talked about this. Adam Keene, and this is Barker's back league bits. That's where you get to DM Kevin Barker. My Twitter handles S and Jeff boy. We didn't, uh, we didn't discuss this in blue Jays talker. Now Adam Keene and Terry Whalen both had the same thought. They were wondering Kevin in the 10th inning last night. Do you consider pitching around Alex Verdugo? Uh, gave up the double. Now that brought, that would bring, um, pardon me, Christian Vasquez to the plate. And uh, they did intentionally. Uh, that I, I don't know. Do you have Tim Mesa in the game to get a lefty out, and you intentionally walk a lefty. Why do you have Tim Mesa in the game? That's my question. Like I, 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 I guess that Alex Verdugo is is had a decent little run there where he's having some quality at bats. He's right? homered he's, in the game. He's a t- he's a tough out. You you make a good pitch to him though. Yeah. Like like. Manoa did. You're going to get him out even if he hits the ball hard, right? You're thinking about that. Just don't throw it down the middle. Correct. He ain't missing that pitch. What'd you do? You threw it down the middle. So for me, no, I'm not walking him. But you can be careful with him. And I'm just not sure right now that Tim Mesa can be careful with anybody. (laughs) Jason Bingley, Jason in Vancouver. Could you see a possible Ken Giles reunion with the Blue Jays? Everybody knows his team needs bullpen help. Uh, He is, you know, the Mariners are... He's back with the Mariners. He's a guy who liked Toronto. I I mean... Sergio I, I, Romo's here. Yeah. I, you need... It's funny because I also... And something that that uh, we need to keep in mind, too. We talk about swing and miss stuff in the back end of the bullpen and everything. I think one of the things I realized is... I think most of us just, when we talk about swing and miss stuff, we're talking about velo, 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 velo. I think there are folks in the Blue Jays organization who say... Velo, I, I think they look at it differently. They look at swing and miss stuff as just that, swing and miss stuff, whether it's 99 or 93 or 94 with movement. I, I'm going to take it a step further. I think they need more options. The swing and miss stuff, every team wants that. You know, the, the, the Yankees, the Astros have that, and that's why they're the best teams in the American League. Mm-hmm. I, I just think they need more options. The options that they have, they're running out. Like, it's just, there's yeah. so many times you can go to the David Phelps, the Tim Mazes. Don't you think throw that? Throw Jordan Romano like, out of the mix because he's nice. closer and he's the ninth inning guy. But everybody else is everybody else. And I just think they need more options. Don't, don't, but don't you think it's nice to have 99? Like, it, it, you know, it's nice to trick guys and all stuff. But every now and then, just here, can't hit it. Here, can't hit it. Thanks. Have a seat. It's going to cost you. Yeah, I, I guess. Again, it's, it's guess. impossible for us to come on here and have this conversation because we have no idea what the organization Ross thinks of the top five, and everybody yeah, yeah. knows those names, yeah. what they think of those names, and yeah. are they willing to give them up? You know what the good thing, though? You know what the good thing is? That won't stop us from doing it. <laughs> Me, I, I, it's about winning now. Sergio Romo is the newest member of the Toronto Blue Jays. He got an early look at life in the Blue Jays bullpen yesterday. New Jersey. Get to know your teammates. 
up and down, up and down, up and down. Three times yesterday as the Jays tried to uh, put to rest that win over the Boston Red Sox. Sergio Romo joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan. 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360. 707 is the first pitch tonight at the Rogers Center, the Tampa Bay Rays of the first of five games against the Jays. That includes a doubleheader, day-night doubleheader on Saturday, all the games on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet. Uh, Kevin Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk immediately following tonight's game as well. As uh, you say, Kikuchi takes the mound for the Blue Jays. Um We've talked about how important these eight games are. The Jays took two of three from the Boston Red Sox. Decent start. Sweep would have been nice, but it is kind of hard to sweep anybody. It's not easy. American League East. American League East. So uh, an important run of eight games for this team, and we spent a lot of time talking uh, in the lead-up to these eight games, and, and, well, let's face it, pretty much since the start of the year about the Blue Jays' bullpen and how um, uh, it's, I mean, I would call it a work in progress. We've watched the Blue Jays bullpen. You know, we know that there there are some issues down there right now, whether it's overuse or or just injuries. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot going on. It's it's been a very complicated year uh, for the Blue Jays bullpen. I think we expected to see a bit of an overhaul in season, which is basically what Ross Atkins did last year as well. And uh, I don't know if I'd call it an overhaul, but the Blue Jays have added a new reliever. To the bullpen, he uh, joined the team a couple of days ago. He was in uniform last night and was actually up and down a couple of times in the game. He is Sergio Romo, and we're very pleased that Sergio joins us in Blair and Barker. I'm just going to call you as a multiple. I'm going to describe you as a a a 15 year veteran with multiple World Series rings, and let it go from there. Oh. How you doing, Sergio? Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Uh, good morning, fellas. I appreciate you guys having me. You know, I. Uh... I've uh, only had a couple of days, you know, as a as a you know member of the Blue Jays, and uh, here in Toronto, and I've already been received very, rather well. You know, uh, the reception I've gotten has been pretty fun. You know, there were there were people last night, the uh, fans that went down by the bullpen just to welcome me and to welcome me, uh, you know, say some nice things to you know, and towards the bullpen. So I uh, I've been happy to you know be be on this side of things now and not have to uh, stare down these young studs that are in the lineup here. So uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see it live too. You know, uh, I, I, like I told you know you guys yesterday, uh, especially you, Jeff, I always said yesterday a little bit, there's, uh, there's some things, you know, that, uh, that have already caught my attention that, uh, you know, I was excited to see firsthand, you know? <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I got to see that, you know, in the last couple of days here and, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it, you know. Glad to be around some guys that I've, you know, played with before, also. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun ride so far. What did you think? What did you think of this team as an opponent? Uh, I mean, the young and hungry, you know, uh, wanting to make a splash and do things their own way. You know, a lot of these young bucks uh, here in this particular lineup were part of that wave. You know about you know, that the kids play type thing, you know, and uh, that, you know, they'll be, you know, they're changing the game, you know, 
the, by just the, their style, you know, the way they play. Uh, the game has uh, evolved throughout the years, and it's, it's evolved tremendously throughout my career, you know, and, and with, these, you know, the guys uh, on my team now, you know, they're, they're tough. They're not afraid. They're aggressive. They swing. They got tons of talent, and they can play. Like, like they're they're confident, you know, and uh now that I have gotten the chance to see it from their side of view, you know, from from uh you know, the six, so to speak, you know, uh it's 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 wow, it's impressive. You know, I could see why they've been talking about these guys for a long time and it's not just their last names or what their dads did. It's them themselves. You know, they're each one of them, from Tell Oscar Hernandez's to the Vlads to the Kirks to the, you know, uh, the uh, the Biggios to you know even Moreno who just showed up. Like I've been impressed with him the last couple of days. Like wow, all right. Like I I can understand why there's so much fuss about this squad and why the aspirations here are so big. Uh, Sergio, you coming here? There's expectations, right? This urgency to to win a championship. You coming here? You know, you had a slow start to your season. How can you draw from experiences? to come in, hit the ground running, and get some key outs? Uh, honestly, it's, it's, it's literally just turning the page. You know, uh, there, there's there's nothing else really to it. You know, as a reliever and as a back-end reliever, the majority of my career, I've, I've literally been told, you know, short-term memory. you got to have short-term memory. Forget it. You know, forget the day before and, and just keep going. You know, there's always, there's always tomorrow, so to speak. And for me, like uh, – you know, I respect this game so much that I, I try to give it my best every time, obviously. You know, like I'm not fiddle-fouling. There's not a guy in the big leagues that I think is that – that I don't think is any good. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't sure. just, cat, you know, by sure luck just make it to the big leagues. It's not that simple. You know, so uh, what what I know that's going to help me come out is, is the fact that I've been through similar ruts before. You know, I've been on teams where we weren't the best and we didn't have winning records and I wasn't – necessarily doing well on those, you know, losing teams, so to speak, myself, you know. So uh, I, I've been able to pick myself up my whole life also. You know, everything in my life is, you know, I, I don't complain and I don't tell most people about it because I'm not the only one that's, you know, didn't have it easy, you know. Uh, so, uh, and I understand that. So, but uh, I've had to pick myself up a lot. I've had to trust myself a lot in my life. I've had to bet my, on myself for the, my, the entirety of my life. So uh, there's no different here. You know, uh, I've seen it. So there's, I've seen myself do well. I've seen what my best looks like. And, you know, I, I have ideas on how to get there, you know, and uh, I got to give this league credit too. Uh, it hasn't been easy for me. You know, it hasn't been easy for very many pitchers. If you really look at it, you know, these guys are clubbing the ball like they they're younger, they're stronger, they're more, they're hungrier, they're they're ready to rock. Like I'm sorry, like these guys are smarter, they're more prepared. They have every detail just presented to them. Like, and we all, well, I mean, I'm sorry, like analytics side of things. Wow, like there's so many things that have just changed the game that you know that allow these the, the players now to be more ready for you specifically, not just for your team or a couple guys on your team, like you specifically, everybody, there's that much information on everybody now. So, uh, yeah, there's confidence, there's grit, there's guile. Uh, there's a tons of fight still. I mean, 
I didn't know I was. I can run as fast as I did last night again. Ah. You know, <laughs> you know like I joked around with the guys in the pain. Either you guys are slower. I'm way faster than I thought I was. <laughs> you up. know, uh, that type of stuff. You know, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm again. I I can't express it anymore on how excited I am to be here. You know, uh, especially with the aspirations and the expectations being so high. I'm not going to run from those expectations. I'm going to do everything I can to meet those expectations. So, uh, if anything, I, you guys will get out of me. Is I'm going to I'm going to compete my, you know, my hind parts off. I'm going to give you everything I got, and uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, pretty sure it's it's, it's going to be more than good enough. Awesome. You guys will see. Sir, Sergio, is it, is it a big deal for a veteran guy that's slider heavy like you are to throw to a new catcher? Uh, I think my style is so different. Uh, there is somewhat of an adjustment uh, period. I mean, uh, catchers, I do tell them how my pitches move. You know, I do let them know, like, there's certain things to it that, that obviously make it different, you know, and make me unique in a sense. And it comes with uh, mechanics, you know, the way I could spin the ball and shape the ball, that type of stuff. And uh, my arm angle and all, you know, all those little, those little details that, that make me unique. Uh, I do let them know that. Uh, and it is usually just playing catch. They can see it. You know, I can let them know and I'll tell them, you know, this is what it is or trust it or, give it a shot to get there. Like it'll get there, hmm. you know, and, uh, it, they'll see it once. And then after that, it's, it's, you know, we, we just, you know, just keep going from there. You know, I haven't really had a hard time getting adjusted to new catchers. Uh, and I don't feel catchers have had too hard of a time to get adjusted to me and my style. Cause, uh, although I'm as unique as I feel that I am, I'm, uh, pretty straightforward also. Sergio, what does it take to be a pitcher or a guy, a baseball player who can put together a long career? Like, you got to be a good teammate. You, I, mean, you, I mean, we know what this game is like. You got to be a good teammate. The fact that people want you in their team says a lot about, about what you've done in your career. But what, like, how do you do that? Because, you know, you've. You've probably faced a lot of these guys, and, and, you know, at times you may have got them out. There may have been tense situations, you know, not just these guys, but other teams you've been on. H- how do you kind of go about making sure that you're accepted? You know, not just you, but players in general. Like, wh- What is the key to having that long career and being invited and welcome in a whole bunch of different clubhouses with a whole bunch of different dudes and for different managers in different cities? I was... Uh... Pretty simple, to be honest. Um, my my dad taught me a long time ago that what's respected most in this world outside of money, money is one because money equals power and power equals, you know, everything else, you know, that type of thing. So, and I, uh, But what's respected most outside of that is consistency. Uh, you can consistency, consistently be something or consistently present a value Every day, the same thing, so that everybody knows that that value is, be, is coming. They know it's coming every day. There's a set value that comes with that that they can accept. There's reasons why there's that set value if it's being a good teammate, you know, or, or, or being a consistent teammate, consistently good teammate, uh, just being consistent in terms of being reliable, being dependable, being where I need to be, where I need to be, you know, when I need to be, that type of stuff. Uh, 
um, finding ways to be unselfish, finding ways to to add to the greater good, uh, getting to know people. But one of the things that has helped me out the most, I feel, in being able to be along, be around as long as I have, is I have an idea of who I am on and off the field. And if I have an idea of who I am, then I have an idea of what my best looks like. So I know what I need to do and work and, and what helps me show and present my best on and off the field every day. So if, like, even like to say a pair of shoes, a pair of socks, your underwear, your clothes, food, a person, a friend, a coworker, a boss, like, uh, you can learn with time, you can learn to respect, accept what they present you every day with consistency, and then when you learn you make that decision if it's for you or it's for not it's free you gravitate if it's not for you well then i mean you give it some distance but you respect you know like once you make that choice you're respecting what's been presented to you so Mm. my dad taught me that a long time ago to where if i can just figure out who i am what makes me me and then just be that every day there's zero pressure to be myself when i wake up zero pressure to be myself when i go to sleep there's zero pressure to be myself when I'm at the mall shopping or I'm at a restaurant ordering food and trying to eat with stone. So there's no pressure to be myself in those positions. So then why on the baseball field or why in the clubhouse should I be anything else? Mm. You know, and it, with that alone, it presents its own value because I've the same thing every day. So I've had new teammates for a couple of days now, right? And I've had some other teammates, that I, older teammates that I've been on this team also that I've played with before. And I've joked around like, Chappie, hey, Chappie, tell these guys every day, every day, don't worry, every day, you're going to get this from me, I promise you. That is one thing I can promise you guys as men. You're going to get this out of me every day. Uh, Trust me, this energy, this way, and better than they looked at me like they're looking at Chad like, "Is real? Is this real? Is this real?" <laughs> you know, you know? And, and I'm like, there. He's like, "Yeah, like, like this. Yeah, that's not a joke. That's that's who he is. That's that's what he does. This is this is how I knew him. You know, when I played with him, what that type of stuff. You know, so guys, guys know who I am, regardless of if I've known him or not, if I've right. met them or not. As you know." Uh, even earlier this year when I was with the Mariners, you know, I had not had a moment in my life where I had spoken to Scott Service before, but the first time I had spoke to him, he was like, hey, I just need you to be everything that I know of you. Uh, and that's we, it. I, and, I, and I'm like, I was just, just going to say, we got we just got a couple of minutes left. They did want to ask you, the Rays are in town, and we had Peter Bendix, their general manager, on, and we were talking about how the Rays do. You know, the Rays have a reputation for doing a lot of different stuff. And he kind of reminded me that you were, like, you're famous. You were the first uh, the, the first opener. Um, what was that like? Because you were there. What what went through your mind when you know Kevin Cash says, "Okay, we got this idea." Uh, <laughs> you know, what do you think about this? And what went through your mind? Because that was, I, you know, now it's you know, we use openers all the time. Now this team has they haven't this year, but they have in the past. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite the experience for me. Uh, I thought he was joking at first, you know, when he told me, you know, hey, uh, you don't get in today's game, you're starting on Friday. That's basically how I was told, you know, walking out to the bullpen during the game, like the very beginning of the game. Uh, uh, that's how I was told, like, hey, 
if you don't get into this game, you're starting on Friday. I was like, whoa, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a joke. Haha, whatever. And I just ran in, you know, ran to the bullpen. Uh, after the game, I didn't get in. He's like, hey, you're starting Friday. And he explained to me why. They told me why and, and what they were trying to do and, and who they actually wanted to do that and the reason why they chose me at first, you know. And uh, they just wanted, you know, at, at the time I had just completed 10-year service time and they wanted – a 10-year vet to do it and uh, before they asked the younger guys. And, you know, they knew it was going to change the game a little bit. They knew that it wouldn't – they didn't know how it was going to be received, you know. Uh, but for me, it was kind of a fun experience, more so for the fact that uh, I, I got to experience some new things in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. I got to – I got new feelings and uh, new thoughts, you know, on the mound, uh, especially going to a mound and it's unscathed. I had never seen that before in my big league career. Like I'd never entered a game and the mound was perfect. Like it was pristine, <laughs> like not a scratch on it. I had never seen that before, you know? So that was a cool experience. And then, you know, having started a game in the big leagues, like that was a fun box to check off uh, from a strategic standpoint. I understood why they explained themselves from the get go. They were very transparent with me about it. Uh, and they knew that I wouldn't, they didn't want me to do it the whole time. They, like I said, they had a specific guy that they had in mind and they just wanted me to do it so that, you know, you can I just like show them I was done in a sense, you know, that it's possible and, and the point of it, uh, that way they can just buy into the system. And that was their guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's always great to be, to be the first. Sergio, we really appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. Welcome to Toronto and uh, good luck. Thanks, Sergio. Uh, thanks, fellas. Appreciate you guys having me. I mean, let's go, right? What, is, what do they say? What's the saying here? Hey, to the next level? Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right <laughs> man. See you. Take care. That's Sergio Romo. Uh, and it was interesting. That, uh, I know Hazel and the TV crew, they had a shot of uh, Sergio's bullpen before he actually, I think it was before he actually joined the team. They were, he was throwing a mm-hmm. bullpen. And Jose Barrios is right beside him. Mm-hmm. And, and he's locked in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember who it might have been shy. Somebody asked uh, 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 Sergio yesterday when we were doing our his media availability. Um, you know, he and Barrios are former teammates in Minnesota, and he made the point that you know, in, in a way, like our sliders, there's there's some similarities in in, in sliders. Mm-hmm. And I I wondered, I wonder if that's part of the deal here, like with bringing because you know GMs do think that way. You bring a guy in who can relate to a guy who. Sir, Jose Brios is a guy they've they've invested a lot of money in, and they got a lot of term in, and that's mm-hmm. good. And he's scuffling right now. And who knows? Maybe getting a guy like Sergio Romo in who can they can talk to to Barrios. They know each other. They're you know Barrios might be able to figure something out. Mm-hmm. I just found it interesting because he was locked in on what he was doing. Like there wasn't a leaning against the wall and yeah, laughing and yucking. He he was. He was looking at Think of it about Jose Barrios. Until Sergio Romo got here, there was nobody he could walk up to and go that has the same arm slot that's trying to start the slider where he starts it at and have it do multiple things. And now he's got a guy that he can walk up to and say, where do you start it when you want it to do this? Which if I want to steal a strike with it, but I don't want to throw it down the middle. Where do I throw it? Because you sort of have the same arm slot that I have. That would be the question I would ask. And you can see Barrios was locked in on arm slot and release point. And you could see like that little snap of the fingers that he would have coming off the fingers and where he would start it on the catcher. And that's why I ask about how hard it is if for catchers to catch him. For me, it would be where you would start 
to catch it? Like, where do you want it to start? We know where you want it to end up, but where do you want me to put your target to start it to where that's, if you started here, it's going to go where you want it to go. So that's, that's, that's a very cool thing. I'd never thought of it that way. But to actually have a guy here that he that Jose Barrios can relate to, yeah, no, it never it's, hurt. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'll tell you what, we're going to see Sergio Roma this weekend. These five games. I he, hope it goes well. He'll be getting in. This, he's yeah, a smart dude. You can tell he's, he's, well, he's I mean, impossible no, I just, not to root for. I, I want you know, a guy like that you want around for 20 years, man. You do. Keep it going as long as you can. That's it for us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll be doing Blue Jays talk tonight and Sunday as well. So have yourselves a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball. A great long weekend. Happy Canada Day. All that stuff. Thanks.